this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to the in focus podcast this is g sampath the host for today's episode these days if you turn on the television there is no escaping the flood of advertisements urging you to invest in cryptocurrencies everyone seems to be busy getting rich from bitcoin and other cryptos a host of crypto exchanges have attracted funding from global investors and are promising the moon to retail investors but these crypto exchanges themselves are not comparable to a conventional stock exchange such as the bsc or the nse which do bear some of the risks of trade such as the counterparty risk which crypto exchanges do not however the government has allowed this sector to mushroom in a regulatory vacuum So how real are the risks for investors putting their money into an unregulated asset class so to speak and when is a regulatory regime likely to kick in and when it does how likely is it that we can transition to a regulated environment without any pain to retail investors to answer these questions and more we have with us Vivek Kaul who has written extensively on the recent cryptocurrency boom in India Vivek is the author of five books, including the best-selling Easy Money trilogy. Uh, Vivek, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Sampath, for having me. Uh, Vivek, to start with, if you look at this uh, cryptocurrency gold rush right now going on in India, on the one hand, there is no regulatory framework to speak of, and on the other hand, there is a massive advertising blitz, and apparently, more than, according to various estimates, more than one hundred million Indians. have apparently invested around 75000 crores in cryptos already so compared to the crypto scene globally is what we are seeing in india right now is it normal no no it's definitely not normal that's for sure talking about the numbers going around i think we need to sort of talk in a little more detail about them Uh, so this i think what what happened was that this number this this 10 crore number Uh, was put out by an american um, uh, institution and uh, everyone seems to have bought it but uh, clarifications have been issued and it seems the the ceo ceo of one of the exchanges clarified that the actual number is anywhere between uh, 1.5 uh, crore to 2 crore you know 10 crore seems to be like it doesn't pass uh, the basic smell test it's it's too big a number to believe uh the second point is you know the total amount of money uh, that has been invested in these cryptos uh, cryptocurrencies by uh, indians there also we have all kinds of estimates going around but uh, there was an advertisement that the crypto platforms uh, put in in the newspapers a few days back and in that advertisement they said that uh, the total investment is over 6 lakh crore 6 lakh crore is a mind boggling number when you take into account uh, the fact that uh it is around half of the total amount of money that has been invested in equity mutual funds uh equity mutual funds uh, have been around f- for a few decades crypto you know has picked up in popularity only in the last couple of years basically uh, from the time that the pandemic began uh so if you do some basic math of dividing 6 lakh crore by around 1.75 crore investors which is midway between 1.5 crore and 2 crore investors has claimed uh, so the average investment by an indian in crypto is 3.43 lakh uh, this is a huge number i mean uh, this this something that doesn't sort of you know as i said pass the basic smell test 
either the 6 lakh crore number is wrong or i don't know so uh, so anyway so the point is this is all data that has been put out by crypto uh, platforms and and going by that the average investment is in crypto in india is 3.43 lakh rupees which is a lot of money and given that at 6 lakh crore it's around half the assets of equity mutual funds uh, there is no reason as to why the crypto exchanges in india should go unregulated and you know the the result of them going unregulated is all these advertisements which are promising the moon you know like there is one ad which features a film actor and and he says cryptos are bilkul safe yeah vivek coming to these advertisements when you 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 mentioned this uh, this bizarre figure of 6 lakh crores being invested and one investor on average uh, putting in 3.43 lakhs when i was just wondering I mean, I don't normally watch uh, TV, but I I started watching for this T20 World Cup, and 90% of those ads were cryptocurrency ads asking people to invest, and I was wondering, are all of them supposed to be completely fact-free and data-free? One is the six lakh crore, and then you mentioned this bilkul safe kind of a claim, and then there are Bitcoin FDs, Bitcoin SIPs, which sort of make you wonder if you know subliminally they seem to suggest that they are like an SIP of a mutual fund or a FD in a bank, but clearly they aren't, isn't it? Shouldn't the Advertising Standards Council of India or somebody check the misleading claims where they are misleading? Exactly. So see, first things first. So these ads are not, uh, they have been going around since the Olympics started. So Olympics was the first time when they uh, advertised in a big way. But then, you know, given the fact that Indians actually uh, watch cricket more than any other sport, so these people, it, it sort of, people started realizing how massively they're advertising only when IPL, you know, the second leg of IPL started in the UAE. Now, talking about the claims, now there are a lot of misleading claims, you know, uh, everything from uh, Bilkul Safe to Bitcoin FDs and, and so on. So in fact, even the term cryptocurrency is very, very misleading because currency means something. It's not currency is is something that, it's, it's essentially paper money issued uh, by the central bank of a country. That is the meaning that is attached to that word. So essentially, when I have currency, I can use that money and, you know, I can, uh, you know, if I, let's say I, I want, I go to a bookstore and I want to buy a book, I can give that money, I can give that currency and buy a book. But you can't do that with cryptocurrencies. So to that extent, the, the word cryptocurrency itself is misleading. Second, deposit, fixed deposit, fixed deposit again has a certain meaning attached to it it is essentially a deposit i make with a bank where my money is locked in for a certain period and i get a rate of interest on it and that rate of interest is as good as guaranteed similarly sip sip has a certain you know you essentially invest a, a fixed amount of money in a mutual fund every month uh, or you know every week or whatever uh, so they are essentially using terms which people already understand and attaching them to cryptocurrencies which is pretty unethical if you were to ask me because i mean cryptocurrencies are not safe you know you can get wiped out in a single day and again fds uh, extremely misleading and this is as far as disclaimers are concerned uh, the disclaimers are either at the you know when you watch their ad they're either in very very small font at the bottom of the screen so you know you blink and you you miss miss that disclaimer or you have a voiceover which essentially says that cryptocurrencies are whatever risky and they're not currencies, etc., etc., in a very, very fast way. You know, it's like, I mean, as I wrote in my newsletter the other day that 
it's like someone saying supercalifragilisticexpialidocious and then sort of looking at you uh, with a smile and asking did you understand what i just said so what did you just say <laughs> so, no 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 this is a old song from the movie mary poppins so it's supercalifragilisticexpialidocious so that is what you know the entire thing has become and i don't think the advertising uh, council or, or in in fact uh, you know i I'd just like to sort of uh, make another point quick point here and you know in the ad that uh, the crypto exchange is put out they said that they are self regulating okay now uh, self regulating is a very tricky it's a very tricky concept and so let me use an example out of ice hockey to explain why it is a tricky concept you know in ice hockey uh, for many years uh, it wasn't compulsory to wear a helmet even though the sport is as dangerous as it is and uh, that being the case uh, so when you know whatever the ice ice hockey body or whatever they sort of ran a survey uh, among the players and the players essentially said that they are in favor of helmets being made compulsory and this came to the you know regulator uh, or the body which sort of ran ice hockey as as a huge surprise because uh, it wasn't that you know helmets were not compulsory but if a player wanted to wear one he could wear one but even with that flexibility very few players actually wore helmets and there was a reason for it the reason for it was that you could play better without a helmet i mean one is you didn't have a weight on your head two you could hear your you know you, your uh, the other players playing with you much uh, in a much better way so so there was an advantage while playing the sport without a helmet and when you know when you look at it at 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 the aggregate level what that did was that because a few players first probably decided not to wear a helmet then others got on and then more people got on and ultimately everyone was not wearing a helmet so the advantage was not there but if you know someone wore a helmet he was at a disadvantage so that led to a situation that no one wear a, wore a helmet and once and it became compulsory so similarly you know when you look at self regulation within uh, the cryptocurrency platforms you know even if one cryptocurrency platform uh, sends out a misleading advertisement it, it gains an advantage and it then f- would force other cryptocurrency platforms to put out misleading advertisements so this entire idea of self regulation does not work and which is why we need uh, you know regulation in this uh, area so right i think that's a very beautiful uh, illustration of why self regulation necessarily has to be uh, seen with skepticism not just with the cryptocurrency but even uh, across the board i think right so now coming back to these crypto exchanges and their advertising you know the reason they are able to spend so much on uh, these advertising campaigns is because they have got a uh, lot of funding coming their way we have got the world's top investors such as sequoia capital and paradigm and ribbit capital which have basically uh, poured in their money and uh, these uh, crypto exchanges most of them startups are flush with funds so how do we understand this what is the basis for these uh, various uh, venture capitalists vote of confidence in these exchanges I mean, do they know something that we don't know that they are willing to risk their money on an unregulated sector and market? So, uh, you know, the dot-com bubble burst uh, in the year uh, 2000, uh, most of it, and some of it burst in the year 2001. And uh, and from the dot-com bubble, uh, you know, US and large parts of the Western world moved on to the real estate bubble. 
and this real estate bubble essentially burst uh, through 2007 and 2008 late 2007 and most of 2008 and because of this many financial institutions uh, ended up in trouble and one such financial institution was lehman brothers which was the fourth largest uh, financial investment bank on wall street and it went bust on september 15th 2008 it wasn't rescued by the american central bank the federal reserve of the united states post uh, lehman brothers bust the american economy and large parts of other western economies were staring at a great depression where another great depression where you know their economies would have continued to contract over the next uh, few years now in order to sort of avoid that the central banks of uh, the western world led by the federal reserve uh, started printing an astonishing amount of money and the idea was obviously to you know print money and pump it into the financial system drive down interest rates and at lower interest rates the hope was that people uh, would borrow and spend more and companies would borrow and expand and this would lead to economic activity and in the process uh, it would create economic growth now what happened was and this is something that continued up until you know mid 2015 and what happened because of this was that interest rates became very very low across large parts of the western world and because of this there was a lot of money floating around looking for returns looking for higher returns and a lot of this money started coming into startups in countries like india and this is how gradually many of these startups became unicorns where their market where their valuation was greater than a billion dollars so basically this you know this is essentially a sort of an unintended consequence of 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 all the money printing that has happened over the years and you know these venture capitalists have invested a, a, a lot of money in these exchanges also you know ultimately a crypto exchange is 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 a platform you know and and platform businesses the hope is that over a period of time they become a sort of a monopoly or a duopoly uh, so to give you an example of let's say uh, something like uh, a zomato now zomato is a platform which brings people who want to order food together with restaurants so once you have enough people on to the zomato platform the restaurants also need to be there and this sort of keeps growing bigger and and, and bigger and then you reach a stage where you know you are either the number 1 or the number 2 player and you have access to almost the entire market and it is not easy for newer players to get in because one uh, you know systems are already in place and two people are already on a particular platform so the hope here was in case of crypto platforms that once uh, people sort of start trading on trading on to a pla- on a platform they'll continue to remain there and over a period of time more people will enter and in sort of you know you'll end up building a, a monopoly or a quasi monopoly and then you'll obviously do an ipo and and make a lot of money and so on and so forth. so this is essentially the entire logic behind why uh, so many venture capitalists have put in so much money into Uh, all these uh, crypto exchanges i mean it's the same as why venture capitalists have put money into all the uh, other unicorns uh, you know everything from zomato to nike to policy bazaar to when you name anyone and the logic is the same so okay but the, but the logic is i i see the logic here but zomato and so on they are not operating in an unregulated sector with a, with an asset class which has no value underneath it right i'll try and explain that so essentially see uh, what what happens uh, here is that 
you know why do you think so much advertising uh, around uh, crypto platforms is happening so obviously they understand that they are in an unregulated environment but they also understand that if uh, a sufficient number of people get on to the platform and if a sufficient amount of money is invested through them then the government cannot shut them down right i mean if 6 lakh crore is the total amount of money that has in, been invested through these platforms there is no way any government is going to shut them down because the repercussions of that will be will be huge you know you will not be able to manage it so which is why they you know the the amount of money that has been pumped into these exchanges has has grown gradually uh, for the simple reason that with money if you have capital to, to to sort of throw around if you have money to throw around you can advertise you can build credibility around around a brand you can get people to uh, invest in and then you can manage the the other side of the equation so which is the government right so you are saying basically people are uh, are being attracted to these platforms right yeah, of course oh my god i mean you should see uh, you know i have been in delhi for almost 5 weeks now and then i've been talking to all my relatives and and these are educated you know middle class people who have made the money in very very conservative ways of buying real estate or investing in fds or whatever buying an lic policy and everyone's taken it and they want to know what is crypto and you know is it as safe as an fd and it's it's huge people are i mean see the younger crowd obviously is into it that's the easier part of the story but now uh, given the high decibel misleading advertising that has happened over the last few months even the elders the middle aged senior citizens and all of them uh, they are also getting attracted to it and there is another reason for it when you have fixed deposit paying you a one year interest rate of uh, 5% taxable you obviously are looking for other avenues which will help your money grow at a faster uh, rate so which is where cryptos come in right now coming to the the, the nitty gritty of it I mean, I mean following the the whole uh, what should i say warning from the rbi which was uh, to the banks that is which was subsequently shot down by the supreme court now today what how do people actually invest do banks support crypto transactions i mean can you get your bank to support your investment in a crypto exchange are banks all on board with that yes so it's not just happening through digital wallets or upi or whatever see ultimately even you know whatever wallet you are on right you know, the money will finally come to a bank even a wallet is linked to a bank account right right so banks are on board with it unlike earlier yeah okay So now, how safe uh, are the crypto exchanges really? I mean, is there a chance that uh, the promoters can one day disappear with your money, and you'll be left high and dry with no uh, recourse or something like that? I don't know, yeah. I mean, I'm not so because see, it it also depends on where these exchanges are registered. Are they operating? Do they have offices in India, or are they being run out of Singapore or one of these tax havens, you know, like Gibraltar or? you know it's a tricky area which is why we need clear uh, regulation you know an exchange which is selling an asset which is uh, an investment form of investment which is uh, i mean selling is not the right word but let's say which is a platform for selling and buying uh, assets which are popular among people should have some sort of physical presence in india so so which is why you know you you need you need regulation you need clear guidelines as to how these guys can operate i mean take something like uh, and this is very very i mean i find this very surprising that you know the cryptocurrency exchanges uh, so 
to give you uh, two parts of the story the first part is that uh, i think in in end july uh, sushil kumar modi who uh, was the deputy chief minister of bihar for a long time and then and now is a rajya sabha mp uh, he uh, asked a question uh, in the parliament asking what kind of data does the government have regarding cryptos to which the finance minister ms nirmala sitaraman replied saying they had none now cut to early november when uh, the crypto exchanges essentially put out an ad saying they have 6 lakh crore whatever money invested more than 6 lakh crore and and then you know some other guys gave interviews saying that the number of investors is anywhere between 1.5 to 2 crore so you know the government shouldn't come to know of this information through an ad right you know this has to be shared regularly like mutual funds put out uh, every month they put out data regarding the amount of money that is invested uh, in them and you get breakdowns at scheme level so like if if you say you know you have invested in some fund some scheme of hdfc mutual fund so you even get data regarding you know what stocks that particular scheme has bought so that level of detail is available also what happens is that any other form of investment when you sell out you know let's say you get a certain amount of interest on your fixed deposit during the course of a year uh, so then the bank cuts a tax deducted at source and that is to obviously have some sort of an audit trail now here it is like a free for all i mean there is <laughs> so nobody pays any taxes on their capital gains so that's the thing you know that the, so one is there's no tds at the uh, exchange at the platform level okay that's one part the second is that the, the clarity on what sort of tax has to be paid is not there so i don't know whether people are paying i mean what they're doing with their uh, gains in mean, that only the government can tell us what about gst every everything has gst right i mean that's what that's what i thought no no so this is not i mean this is gst is, is the smaller part here i mean what i'm trying to say is is like let's say i mean i'll give you an example let's say i earn 1 lakh rupees of interest on i think mean, 1 lakh is a, is a huge number but let's say i earn 50000 rupees of interest on a fixed deposit right so the bank will cut a tds of 10% on it right and then i have to pay a, a tax of 30% on that 50000 rupees so there it you know everything is clear i mean i know exactly as to what i need to do or if uh, there you know there is a short term capital gain on stocks wherein i end up selling uh, stocks within a year of buying them so then there is a 15% tax rate on that or you know gold if gold is sold in less than 3 years whatever money is made it gets lapped on to your income for that year and then you pay tax at the marginal rate so there is clarity now in this case there is no clarity and you know now just just do this think about it uh, 6 lakh crore is the total investment in crypto now obviously there is uh, some amount of gain that has been built into it right so people who probably bought bitcoin at you know 1000 rupees worth bitcoin it's now uh, it's now grown to 1500 rupees so so there is a gain of 500 rupees now if they sell out the tax has to be paid on that 500 rupees so it's like you know i don't know i mean i think if 6 lakh crore is the right number going around here the government has lost a lot of tax right i mean why is the government uh, apparently so reluctant to frame uh, regulations despite i mean there everybody every stakeholder in this wants the sector to be regulated right including the exchanges uh, themselves nobody is opposed to regulation so what is the government been waiting for all these months i don't know yaar i mean i'm just I mean, i've been thinking about it and i don't have a clear answer uh, for it because see here's the thing 
it's it's not like these crypto exchanges have come only in the last 6 months or something like they've been around now obviously they have come to public notice because of their high decibel advertising over the last few months but they have been around and the reserve bank of india has made it very clear that they do not like the idea of cryptocurrencies so it, it ultimately falls on to the to the bureaucrats at the ministry of finance who need to have a clear policy regarding cryptos like are cryptos legal if they are legal why are they not regulated so these are things that they need to think through and i don't know i mean maybe they probably want a foolproof policy which is 100% from day one and you know i mean that's not going to happen so at at least Uh, the basics can be put in place earlier this week uh, there was a parliamentary panel uh, which had a meeting with representatives of crypto exchanges to discuss you know the way forward to discuss crypto finance and apparently according to news reports there was a consensus that cryptos are here to stay and they have to be regulated you cannot really ban them anymore so does it mean that the crypto currency market and exchanges are uh, are going to be here anyway and and in that case i mean the investors enthusiasm uh, are probably uh, justified right right so see here's the thing you know once you grow to a level of 6 lakh crore and i mean assuming that number is right uh, obviously it's not it will not be easy for any government to shut you out right here's the thing you know just because you know they have generated returns in 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 the last year uh, that does not mean that they'll continue to generate returns so the investor enthusiasm is a function of how easily money can be made i mean that is true about the stock market that is true about the real estate market uh, real estate investors were extremely enthusiastic up until 2013 14 once the sort of the bubble uh, i mean i wouldn't say it burst but it once it started to fizzle out that enthusiasm went out uh, of the window so the enthusiasm is not because of whether it is regulated or not it is because there are there is money to be made so now coming uh, to the actual uh, regulation aspect just on a on a final uh, note to this discussion who is ideally the entity that is supposed to regulate cryptocurrencies because if you if you classify it as a currency uh, it should be regulated by the rba but if it's classified as an asset then sebi should be the one to regulate it and neither of them seems to be keen to do so so how do you think this should be addressed so basically see the rbi uh, obviously given their views are not they don't want to do it because they don't want to get into anything which involves settlement that and that's fair i mean it's not you know they're not a it's not their area they don't understand it so rightly they don't want to get into it now uh, given the fact that there is an exchange involved here so ultimately you know it should essentially be regulated by sebi but the the problem is that you know what are you you know when you say you are settling a, a crypto transaction what exactly are you settling so there is a problem there as well but i think ultimately it will be you know you can't have a separate regulator to sort of regulate cryptocurrency so obviously they will end up being regulated by sebi and uh, and they'll obviously have to uh, you know develop capabilities uh, over a period of time and that will take time i mean it's not like you know sebi is made the regulator tomorrow morning it will start performing day after tomorrow morning so that that takes time so i think it will end up with sebi okay just just one final question vivek i forgot to bring this up earlier this uh, this draft cryptocurrency and regulation of official digital currency bill 2021 Uh, people are expecting this to be tabled in the winter session of parliament and uh, it's supposed to be uh, sort of uh, bringing in uh, a central bank backed digital currency or cbdc as it's called 
So what are the implications of this for the cryptocurrency boom and is it going to make a big difference considering it's a government-backed uh, entity? Uh-huh. I mean, see, here's the thing. You know, the moment uh, we're talking about a central bank-backed digital currency, it is essentially an extension you know, of, of the currency that a central bank is already issuing, right? Uh, because the, the base is is like in the Indian case, the base would, would continue to be uh, the rupee. So in that sense, it uh, a CBDC is more of a derivative, which, which derives its value from the underlying currency. Uh, I don't think it will be, you know, it will be a popular form of trading because, you know, on what logic would you drive up the price of a digital, of a central bank digital currency? You know, the cryptocurrencies, the prices are being driven up because the feeling is that the central banks globally are abusing the trust that people have put in that particular form on different paper currencies by by printing more and more of it. But how do you drive up the value of a CBDC? That's one point. The second thing is that what what happens up until now is that the central bank largely you know works in the background and it it works through banks. I mean the currency that you and I have in my pocket, uh, you know, have in our pockets. Is as ultimately, you know, we don't go to a central bank to you know, collect that money. A CBDC will make a central bank go more retail. Now, what will be the repercussions of that? I mean, that is that, that's another podcast in itself. Also, what CBDC does, and this is where things get tricky. In fact, there's a gentleman called Mark Carney, and Mark Carney has uh, the distinction of having headed two central banks. I think the the Royal Bank of Canada, no, the Canadian Central Bank, whatever it's called, and the Bank of England. So he has written a book called Values recently. And in that, he discusses it that, you know, if the central bank digital currency takes off, then, you know, what happens right now is that the ability of central banks to influence the economy is limited to is is limited to an interest rate of zero. I mean, what I mean is that uh, a central bank cannot push interest rates uh, in a negative direction, even though cent- a few central banks have tried doing that. Because people always have the option of withdrawing the money in the form of cash and keeping it with them- themselves. But if a central bank-backed digital currency takes off, and let's say over a period of time, and I mean, this is a very hypothetical situation, and that cash dies, then central banks can uh, operate uh, in an environment where uh, negative interest rates uh, can be a reality. So okay, okay, okay. That's that's an interesting uh, uh, thought. Ha, but this is again a very evolving because you know central bank digital currencies are also coming. Uh, you know they're not like you know they're not like there. They're also governments and central banks are working on. It. Doesn't Japan have negative interest rates or had? No, no. So there are, you know, it's it's there are, uh, you know, even I think Denmark had, but that was more at at the bank level, not at the central bank level, where a bank does not want you to come and deposit money. Right, right, right. Well, uh, we are running out of time. Thank you so much, Vivek. This has been an extensive uh, discussion on a very interesting topic. Thank you so much for uh, sharing your insights. Uh, pleasure talking to you. Thanks. Thanks. In focus, we'll be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.